I'm having a very sneeze-heavy evening, so if that happens, I apologize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you could schedule them in between your talking? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and if, we're not going to bless you, because that's just silly, because we're atheists, right. and, you know, <laughs> pretend like it's not happening. <laughs> I'll say bless you, Ian. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. I know it's just a meaningless courtesy, and yeah, you're not actually exactly. physically blessing me. <laughs> it is one of those weird anachronisms that from the Dark Ages, I think. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. One of the just first signs for, of the plague. For, right. Just a way for Christians to reaffirm that they're in charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I am ready to go. Okie doke. Do it, Doug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, May 1st, 2018. It's May already. That's insane. Uh, my name is Ray, and along with me are... I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. If you uh, want to join in our conversation, please go to facebook.com slash profanearg and post your thoughts or a link to an article you'd like for us to discuss, and we will take a look. This week on the podcast want to talk about some mandatory crosses in Bavaria, and uh, more news on the Trump front. But first, I had uh, brought up a few weeks ago about uh, atheism and the alt-right, an article that was posted, I think it was on the Friendly Atheist website. Uh, we pretty much dismissed it outright because we, we didn't really see a link there between atheists and the alt-right. But then last week, Jared brought up a podcast that he listened to and asked me my opinion on it. So I listened to it. And when I listened to it, I am I, like, there were several things that I'm like, well, that, then I started making notes and then oh, the wow. notes got longer. <laughs> and uh, so I wanted to discuss this podcast. The podcast is With Friends Like These, is hosted by Anna Marie Cox. Um, I don't know if you know who she is, but strangely enough, she was just on Bill Maher. I know, isn't time. that odd? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they got into a religious discussion. But she had on, and this was a couple podcasts ago for them, she had on Chris Stedman, who is, well, he's got a, his resume is pretty big, but he wrote an article for Vice, which is what they were talking about. And the article is entitled, Too Many Atheists Are Veering Dangerously Toward the Alt-Right. So... I read I read his article after listening to the podcast so that I had a good basis as to where he was coming from. And so here's here's the points they brought up and what the basis for their argument was. First, I want to say that I think that uh, I think that where they're coming from is kind of based on a straw man. But the first thing that he brought up was that atheism and the all right, they both tend to attract younger white men. So there's a demographic overlap first assumption okay that's the first assumption and there's a pew uh i'll post a, a link to a pew forums there was a study done uh that does show that that is roughly correct there are more men who claim to be atheists than women uh the age definitely is younger and racially atheism does tend to be toward white as opposed to any minorities so okay i'll give them that the next point was that atheists are tend to be they tend to be marginalized, uh, socially rejected, rejected by their family a lot, isolation, lack of a community space, connection to other people. Okay, I don't think that's true. You don't think that's true? No, I have never been marginalized because of my atheism. Nor have I. 
See, I can I can see it. I don't think that I have either, but I can see it happening. Sure. I, I hear about it and I you know, hear stories from other people on like the atheism subreddit. But to say I just that don't it's, think it go ahead. It's not, it's not true of everybody. Right. No, no, but I I, I, I think they're just suggesting that that there is uh, you know, not everybody, but but perhaps a larger number that than you know, you might anticipate. I just don't see that there's any correlation with mm. that and, you know, what what the vice piece is is trying to, to sell me. I mean, sure. if that's the case, then I guess the LGBT community is moving dangerously towards the alt-right because they <laughs> often feel marginalized, rejected by their parents. They don't mm. have a lot of community space and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of safe places for them to meet. Sure. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess goth kids are moving dangerously towards the alt-right <laughs> Because comic book readers, oh nerds, my goodness, bronies. <laughs> so let's not go crazy. But with that, with that, his next argument was that the alt right does target people who are looking for a sense of belonging, who are angry, who are looking for a sense of purpose. And I think that is true. That is completely yeah. true. Yep. Yeah. And then the next statement, the, well, not statement, but the next thing that was cited in the podcast was uh, George Howley's book, which I have not read. The book is entitled Making Sense of the Alt-Right. There was a, uh, a statement from the book, then he's using this in part of his argument, that the alt-right is more secular than the general public. And I find this highly unlikely. Mm. I, I don't know where that data is coming from. I haven't done enough research, but it seems very strange because... The alt-right, I mean, that includes the Nazi, the neo-Nazi movement, the, the KKK. The, the KKK is really a religious group. Oh, yeah. So I don't understand how the alt-right is more secular than the general public. To me, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Are we to assume that those men marching down in Charlottesville were all secular, but for some reason just really had it out for Jews? <laughs> Except for the ones that were interviewed by uh, the vice uh, person who was there on site who said that they were religious <laughs> right right <laughs> i mean the one guy wasn't i suppose but you can't take one person's story and equate it to all of them that, that's nonsense what one guy was there um, one guy that was interviewed or was oh yeah she followed to? that she followed that one guy around the whole time no richard spencer is an atheist right sure that I don't, guy okay oh i was thinking about the guy that she actually followed around the yeah i forget what his name is the um, guy, and then he was the guy who was so upset with Donald Trump. He's like, "Well, we got to make some changes." You know, he let his daughter marry a Jew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if he was religious or not. I don't remember. So, in my mind, what this sets up is a straw man to attack. It sets up the idea that there's the younger white men that are being pulled in. They're atheists, and they are being pulled in by the alt right because they're being marginalized, etc. I just don't. I don't follow that. I don't think it's necessarily true. And basically, they create the straw man that they then attack with their other comments. Right. Well, they're not. They're not proving their case. The, the old axiom: correlation does not imply causation. You can't say fact A plus fact B plus fact C equals fact Q. It, it doesn't work. You have to actually prove causation between these things, and they haven't. They're just looking at statistics and making wild guesses. Yeah. But then wasn't there a part where he – and again, I was listening to it in the shower, in the car while I was driving around, not as diligently as Ray taking <laughs> notes and shit like that. But I could have sworn there was a part where he said to her that in his experience that atheists are not tolerant of 
homosexuals or yeah. black yeah he made some kind of oh see, insinu- i have to re-listen to it i heard the opposite hmm. okay oh you did when when he was quoting his own experience he they were all very positive he said he became an evangelical christian to understand like his dad leaving his family or his dad dying and then when the evangelicals found out that he was gay he was they were like fuck you and he was like man these the you know then he he said he had had a very positive experience as an atheist well i remember but, him telling that story but i could have sworn he followed that up with saying something to the effect of like on the most part atheists are not tolerant i've heard awful things said and so th- they really made an attack on anti-theists specifically there were yes. comments about how secular humanists are more positive than people who identify as atheists or anti-theists because they are defined by what they are instead of what they are not. And then there was a comment about anti-theists that they are the people who are really angry online and that they are the people who just want to watch the world burn. Well, let's define, let's define an anti-theist First, let's start there. Sure. So an atheist is someone who just simply doesn't believe in God. If you, right. if and it's not an active thing, if you just don't have an active belief in a deity, you're an atheist. An anti-theist is someone who is against theism. You're against religion. You don't think, you think that religion is generally a negative thing. Mm. You would like to see it ended. You would like to have the religion's not have influence in politics, have uh, not have influence in your life. Um, so to me, heard, that's a difference. I think I heard Hitchens say one time when they were asking about that, about atheism and being an anti-theist, he said, no, I'm an anti-theist. And he's like, not only do I not believe in God, I believe that if God existed, it would be an awful thing. Right. Hmm. Exactly. But there are there are degrees of anti-theism, though. I mean, you can have your just general anti-theist who wants to get the you know, the church out of the government and who would prefer to see um, less church or less less religion in our society, but doesn't take an active role other than voting the way you know in in that manner. So to the you know the absolute edge of the of the anti-theist who is you know marching and and you know considers shooting people because of it. There there, there are degrees of um, extremism in anti-theism from the not at all extreme to the extreme, sure. just like there are in, in religion and everything else. And this is one thing that I really had, I, that I really took exception with in the podcast was the idea that anti-theist, they are the people who want to watch the world burn. They are the people who are the same as an evangelical Christian. I'm right and you're wrong. And then they go to, I can't be an Islamophobe because I hate all religions. That's what they say. There are some, sure. Sure, but to say that anyone who says that they are anti-theist falls into all these categories... No, of course not. When you're doing the same thing that you're arguing against, you're lumping people in that don't necessarily... doesn't necessarily apply. Right. I mean, I I certainly personally have a a certain level of anti-theism in me because I don't think that government should have the role in our government... religion should have the role in our government that it does. So I, I am... You know, one step on the path, but no, I'm not. But going does any that further. really make you an anti-theist or <laughs> it, a constitutionalist or a secularist? <laughs> True. <laughs> well, I also think that religion causes more harm in the world than it causes good. So, I think that society would be better off without religion. So, does that make you an anti-theist? <laughs> Maybe. I I kind of look to Star Trek as the ideal future kind of world. <laughs> oh, it's I, never going to happen. I know, but <laughs> I grew up on it, and I looked forward to that future, and it's me just too. not happening, and it makes me angry. <laughs> I know, I'm with you. <laughs> 
And it always cracks me up when they went to the planet that still had religion and they went, oh, eh, they believe in a god. Uh-oh. <laughs> but just tread carefully with these people. They got crap. <laughs> That's where we are still. Damn it. So, yeah, I am somewhat of an anti-theist, but only stepping on the edge. So I, I certainly consider myself an anti-theist. I definitely think that religion causes more problems. I think it's one of the things that, that Hitchens used to, to say quite a bit, is mm. that a, a good people will do good things, and bad people will do bad things. But to make a person who is good do bad things, that takes religion. That's sure. some, something that actually I've, I've heard several people. People quote Lawrence Krauss, and but speaking of Hitchens and Lawrence Krauss and and <laughs> online atheists, the other thing that I took exception with was the fact that they they talked about the quote unquote biggest names in atheism talk about things that are sympathetic to the alt right, and uh, the host at one point claimed that Sam Harris said, "I'm not a racist because my views on black people are based on scientific belief." Right. I don't yeah. know that he's ever said that, but I would like to know if that is factual. That is in no way factual. Um, we listened to uh, another podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan had <laughs> uh, Sam Harris and Majid Nawaz on, and they get they go in-depth as to why people are thinking this way about Sam Harris. Sam Harris had a person on his podcast who talked about the scientific study on, on racist uh, ideas. Basically, you, you look at different races, how they've been brought up, their genes, and are they, you know, are they able to advance as much because of their genetic disposition? Well, they talked about how, you know, Asians are better at math. That was one of the things they came back to consistently because it's a positive right. discriminatory statement. And there was, so this, this, there was a guy who wrote a book about it. Uh, that guy was interviewed by, I think the, the guy's name was Murphy. And this the Murphy ha was interviewed by Sam Harris on his podcast. Just because you have someone on the podcast doesn't mean you agree with everything that they say. It doesn't mean you endorse everything that they say. I mean, to, to say that Sam Harris is racist because he talked to another person yeah. about a subject. And he can even agree with him. With some about some things. I mean, statistically, the African American um, has more fast twitch muscle fibers, so they can run faster. There are statistical differences between the different genetic diversity of the human race. White people get sunburned. <laughs> yes, sure. That's a big difference. Skin color, big difference. So, and so, agreeing agreeing with some aspects of what this man said is very different than agreeing with everything he said. Yeah, I was shocked when I heard that Sam Harris thing. I was like, what? Yeah, I yeah. highly recommend you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with, with Sam and Majid Nawaz. It's a good it's a good episode, and they go into this in-depthly, and it'll clear up a lot of the misconceptions that, that they seem to have. Hmm. Uh, now, they did say that they didn't think that Dawkins or Harris are all right, but, and this is something I pulled straight from the podcast, there is reason to be concerned that they lift people up or are associating with people who are affiliated with the alt-right in some way. And again, I think this is a direct reference to Sam Harris's podcast, where he had that guy on to talk about racial scientific findings. Right. So wild assumption and wild jumping again. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he also said, uh, Chris, also, and this, this one killed me. He said... I'm not saying that more atheists are moving toward the alt-right than any other segment of the population, except the title of his article is Too Many Atheists Are Veering Dangerously Toward the Alt-Right. In fairness, too many could be five. <laughs> that is true. Five would be too many. I will give you that. That is a good point. I think the, the only thing that where there is some 
marginal level level of correlation is with uh, angry young. I think the thing about the alt right targets and is is successful in um, recruiting angry young white men is a is a tr- it also I think applies to any other fundamentalist type organization. So a fundamentalist right. anti that's always been in the case, right? I mean, it's it's not you know alt. Am, am I wrong in believing alt right is just a new categorization that we've come up so that we can include KKK, neo-Nazis, all that into one umbrella? That's right. my understanding, well, yes. It's not, we didn't come up with that term. Right. R- it Richard just appeared Spencer. recently. No, Richard Spencer coined it. Right. Oh, did he? Well, oh, yeah. The whole Charlottesville oh, he, he, thing. It was, it was him attempting to mask previous, like, unflattering terms, so he came up with a new one? Well, well not, not that. only that, he came up with, we're going to dress nicer, we're going to have nice mm-hmm. haircuts. You know, you, we've all seen American History X. There's always that one clean-cut dude running yeah. the whole show in the background. David Duke ran for president like four times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the other piece of it, too, the whole Charlottesville thing, that was an effort to pull in all of the KKK and the neo-Nazis and all the different subgroups into one large group. That was part of this effort, was to label all of them with the umbrella of the alt-right and get them to all work together. And for a moment in time, they were working together, but now they're fighting and killing each other again, so it's okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, really, when I listened to this podcast, because there were so many points in the podcast where the the guest would make some sort of semi-sensational claim about, you know, people being drawn to the alt-right, and then would quickly follow it up with, but, you know, obviously not all people. And I was like, in the end, really all he said the whole time was, are you, do you identify with any group of any kind? There are some bad people in your group. <laughs> awesome. Put it, Vice, write that up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the thing that, that's gold. That's yeah, quality journalism. And that's the thing that bothers me about this whole thing. And the reason why I actually discouraged Ray from covering this story, because I don't like to give these people oxygen. They, they have come up with these giant leaps of logic, and they got press because of it. And that makes me angry. <laughs> Well, listen, Vice is – I'm 50-50 on Vice sometimes. They sometimes come up with some amazingly dumb articles making cl- claims from people bitching about whatever. And then sometimes they do good shit. So, Well, I, I will give you the, the Vice do, does give a platform for the regressive left, the, the, you know, the internet white knights who are completely politically correct. But I also think the Vice is one of the – rare groups that does a whole bunch of really in-depth journalism, real journalism. Mm. I just think that, that, you know, they have a lot of exceptions, a lot of stories that are more, like I said, politically correct stories. Yeah, they need some better editors over there because the article, the, you know, the piece they did down in Charlottesville was amazing. Yeah, excellent. It was amazing. And then, you know, then I'll see one, you know, where they're like, oh, Ready Player One, it's a, you know, it's that kind of shit. Like, too many Mm. white people in movies or some bullshit, like, you know. So well, one, I, I, go ahead. I, I, there's also the the television show versus the series versus the the website too. I True. think that the, the you know the half hour television show is actually usually pretty good. I think that more stuff gets through on the website. I think. I think I one time was scrolling down and saw an article from there a couple of years ago. It's like I don't watch Game of Thrones, and if you do, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> a little extreme. Yeah, <laughs> something I, like I don't that. Doubt that. <laughs> a little bit. Of and this guy just w- went on about. What a bunch of fucking idiots we were for liking that show. Wow. Yeah, I don't read a lot of that, but I know that Ray had touched on this earlier in in uh, this this podcast. The This wasn't quite 
the as severe a trigger for me as it was for for Jared when he was first telling us about this. But the the part in the article where he was the guest was adamant that the more eccentric labels you give yourself, the better per- the better of a person you are. Mm. <laughs> like you, you can't just call yourself an atheist if you're a white cis male LGBT secular humanist. Much better. <laughs> Much more positive in every way than it's saying funny. you're an atheist. I'm I was like, just thinking on, about dude. you guys today because I saw a little cartoon, a little four-panel cartoon where a firefighter busts through the door and he's like, don't worry, lady, I'm here to save you. And it cuts to the old lady and she's like, how dare you assume my gender, you cisgender scumbag? Right? <laughs> and it cuts back to the guy looking at her and then it cuts to him outside talking to the chief and he goes, yeah, she was already dead when I got in there. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, so I do. Uh, I have one more slam on this podcast, and then I have some positive things. So okay. the the last thing that I have that was negative, the host at one point said, "I th- I think it's interesting the move the movement atheist people are so down on Christianity, considering how much Christianity has done for the white straight cisgender men." Wow. <laughs> so again, it's it's the straw man argument that. Atheists, especially anti-theists, are white, straight, cisgender men, and that Christianity has done stuff for them, therefore why should the atheists attack Christianity? (laughs) Meanwhile, not even acknowledging the fact that, don't you realize that that statement just shows how bigoted and misogynistic your religion is? (laughs) Yes. Anyway, that was my last slam. It's the last negative thing I have. The the points that I completely agreed on them with, they conclude they came to a conclusion that I, that I think I did agree with. If you're an atheist and you think that religion is the source of all racism, bigotry, homophobia, and that you can't be those things because you're not religious, yeah, you're um, wrong. Yeah. Racism, bigotry, homophobia, they're not religious problems, they're human problems, they're tribal issues. These things that they came to a conclusion on, I completely agree with. I think religion makes it worse. Exactly. But it's inherent in the human species, so... Religion, not just Christianity, but a lot of religion, can fortify your bigotry, it can give you an excuse to be racist... And it, it doesn't help these things in any way that I can see. I mean, there's you can cherry pick some quotes that Jesus said that, and you can apply them to to racist issues. But I mean, if you really read the the Bible, the the groups of people who were involved, Jesus was kind of racist at the time as well. I mean, it's not like there weren't groups of people that he would pick out and make examples of the Good Samaritan. The, the you know the Samaritans were known as being the others, right? There's there's a lot of tribalism there as well so sure in any case uh, i did yeah i did have one one more grouse that i'm thinking about now that i'm reflecting on the podcast and uh, now i wish i had taken notes <laughs> like you at one point i feel like the guest claimed again he didn't give me any specifics so i didn't do it have a chance to do any research that a major like top of the echelon atheist publication or website squashed a uh Oh right! Anti Steve Bannon, anti who's his sidekick? Stephen who's Miller. The guy who mm. was it? Miller, Richard Spencer, Richard Spencer, <laughs> an anti Richard Spencer movement by the staff because they didn't want to scare away their alt right audience. I was like, that's bullshit. That is bullshit. That's just straight up bullshit. That did not happen. Mm. What was the website? That's what I know. He would not tell me. Uh. He was intentionally vague because he didn't want to reveal. 
anything or I don't know. It was, he would not. I, there was no. I just that seems highly unlikely. so <laughs> unlikely. Hmm. I be, I believe that you know maybe they were interviewing Richard Spencer and you know the staff was like don't have him you know I'm opposed to him and if they shut it down it's because they were fearful of backlash it was sure. you know fearful of backlash from the wealth and power that Stephen Bannon has and the influence that his people have not because they've, <laughs> they're going to lose too many alt right listeners <laughs> to their atheist website that's fucking nonsense <laughs> I was. I was, yeah, really. Well, unless they listen to this guy and they're like, well, shit, everybody's atheist <laughs> is falling into the alt-right, so. Well, that, that's the thing that worries me about this is, is this an attempt to paint atheists with the alt-right brush and, you know, marginalize additionally or the other direction, whichever? Yeah. Part of the reason that I wanted to, to bring it up and discuss it. Mm. Well, thanks, Ray, for making it a little bit more clear why I was mad, because I was just like, <laughs> I listen to this podcast and it pissed me off and I don't remember why. <laughs> But since we were talking about Richard Spencer, I did want to give one little update on him. Um, he was supposed to come and uh, speak at our large Central Pennsylvania University, and the president of the university said, "Yeah, no thanks. We uh, there's too much violence. It would cost too much. We're not interested. Thank you very much. Goodbye." And so somebody sued the university and said, "You don't allow free speech." Blah blah blah. And the university fought them, and the case was dropped because the people that were suing the university just didn't respond to any of the judges orders. They didn't show up. They didn't file paperwork. They didn't do anything. So all of that is now gone. So that's good. That is wacky. Mm. So if I, you know, had a way to reach out to those same people, I assume what they're saying is anybody who petitions to speak at the university that you are avoiding referencing <laughs> has, to, has to be allowed? That's what they were saying, yes. They were anybody. Saying, Yes. For any reason. Well, <laughs> Ian, you didn't know I'm going to be speaking there next week on my love of DC deck building game. <laughs> I will come. I, ha I have a two hour long uh, seminar and you have to come. I will. I will absolutely attend. It's free. I, I if they don't let me do it. It's free speech. So no, right now we got we got some problems. Now my argument I'm, against against what where you're going is if a group if there is a a legitimate group on campus who goes out finds a speaker and says we want to have the speaker and the university says no we're not going to do it because we we don't like what they have to say that I I, I am completely against that I don't believe is what happened in this case. Correct. Well, I, I think there was a certain amount of that, but there was also a certain amount of, oh my God, um, it's going to cost a lot of money because all sure. the crazies are going to show up. There's going to be violence. Look at Charlottesville. There was violence there. There's going to be violence here. Yeah, those horse police aren't free. Right. We got we got enough of them. So Right. <laughs> they just didn't want to deal with the nonsense, and I don't blame them for that. No. And it's not a free speech issue anyway because they're not the government. It's a private institution. Well, kind of private public, but still. <laughs> they, they skate on the edge, but... Nothing stopping Richard Spencer from talking at the crowbar, right? Nope. Well, except that it's closed. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. <laughs> Go back in time. But the crowbar can say, uh, no, thank you. We, we would not like to have you come into our establishment. Thank you very much. Free speech! <laughs> right. I, I mean, and again, was it a... I, I assume when someone, I don't want to say of his caliber, like I'm in awe of his status, <laughs> but... Recognizable he doesn't. He doesn't speak for free, does he? Yes. Oh, I assumed that he that was you know his his vocation. He likes was he... drawing up the controversy, so I think he yeah. he will speak for free, especially in university campuses. Okay, that's more like I, again. And now now I'm just curious. You know what what the rules are for this? Can he 
they'd be like, no, we're, you know, we're not going to host you like that. But can he show up anyway and stand next to the Willard preacher and just start going? <laughs> Presumably, yeah. And until the, it starts getting violent and the police have to get involved, he can stay there. Just like, what's his name, Ken? Yeah, the Willard preacher. You know what's amazing about this, though, is that in one breath, they will bitch about free speech because they don't want Richard Spitzer to come. And in the second breath, say that Michelle Wolf needs to be fired mm. and just she's <laughs> yeah. a spickle, but she should never say those things. Which they invited her to come and say. Because no, I'm just ta- <laughs> I'm just talking about the the conservative sect. Ah, sure. I'll get to the I'll get to the people who invited her and what <laughs> my issue with them. We do have her That's at later. the end. Yeah. <laughs> Real briefly though, before before we move on to another thing. Yeah. Did any of you guys ever watch Smallville when it was on? Mm, did not. I love where mm-hmm. this is going. <laughs> did you watch and, Smallville, Ian? Uh, and I did. <laughs> because I know where this is going, and it is relevant. It's surprisingly relevant to this show. So, do you, so Ray, Karen, you don't know the story about the actress who was on that show? No. And what, oh, oh, is this my the God. I'm I may have tangentially seen it, but I did not watch the show, so I'm not sure. Oh. Right. So, so any any articles about Alice and Mac being involved in anything? Oh, <laughs> untoward. Yes, the, the the cult thing. I do know about yeah. this. Okay. Vaguely. Is this not the most amazing thing in the world? <laughs> I am like floored. About this, so so can really? you, can you give a, a rundown real quick? Yeah. So okay, so obviously Smallville was a show about Superman. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Allison Mack was on Smallville, and she was on it for the whole time. She played a very sweet character known as Chloe, very plucky, pro women. And there was another woman on the show who played Lana Lang, and she got involved in this thing called Nexium, which is supposed to be a women's empowerment club or something. Mm-hmm. She gets Mac into this, and then she leaves, and Mac works her way up to being, like, the sidekick of the leader, whose last name is Rainier, Rainier, or something like that, and it turns out that it was, like, a forced labor sex cult. Right. Um, And, like, these women would come in, and they'd give over all their assets to this guy. He would brand his initials into the women above their pubic area. And um, then, you know, and then when you were all done with the sex and everything like that, then you had to go do forced labor. So Scientology? <laughs> well, Was I it mean, it, listen, <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Scientology because, first of all, the way that they spell Nexium is like N-V-I-Q oh. <laughs> dot three, four, you know, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then there's a lot of little like, you know, how Scientology is like, you're an SP and, you know, you got to do an SOF and, you know, whatever they, all those little terminology things. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Hmm. But this was all about this guy getting trim, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> trim and money. Huh. Well, yeah, that's not how cults work. Yeah. Well, no, Scientology seems to be just about getting the money. That's just money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Huh. So, so they busted her on sex trafficking. It was a, it think- was a, yeah, it was a pyramid scheme functionally for women. It was weird. Yeah, it was it was just I mean the amazing I mean one of the amazing part is that she is was into it. Like to me she probably was well off and had plenty of money, but she was rounding up girls for this guy and she would convince the girls to sleep with him. At there at one point she was um tweeting towards Emma Watson, the girl from right. uh, Harry Potter, <laughs> being like, "Yo, I'm part of this new women's movement group. You might be interested. Hit me up." <laughs> so she's out on 5 million dollar bail right now. So she had 5 million dollars to post. Wow. Or something worth $5 million. Yeah. What I understand is, it's, I don't know if he's in jail or not. They just keep talking about her. Yeah, Do you know he, any, he, Ian, is he, is he in jail? They, they are, they are both, have been, yes. I don't know if he's also posted bail, 
but her charges were, I believe, identical to his charges. Hmm. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah, so yeah. she just wasn't tagging along. She was like no, really yeah. orchestrating this shit. Yeah, she was she was definitely the right hand in his organization for whatever motivation. I mean, uh, uh, again, money and power, hmm. very appealing. And again, I have to ask the question, like, at what point do you go to this place and go, something not right here? <laughs> like, How do you go like, to this place and go, oh, this seems like a good idea? No. Yeah, where they're like, it's a women's <laughs> empowerment group. Okay, I have to hand over all my assets to you? All mm-hmm. right. You want me to go move rocks and build a fence outside? All I've- day? I feel like they probably don't lead with either of those. <laughs> well, I mean, Easy but, to it, yeah. like, when are you introducing this and go, I got to get the fuck out of here? <laughs> uh, there again. So let me <laughs> let me let me make a sad attempt to liken this to uh, an experience I had as, as a very young man. When I was in middle school, the uh, local police officers came and said, hey, why don't you come to Camp Cadet? It's a super fun summer camp where you learn to shoot guns and you get to ride this motorcycle and it's awesome. And uh, then your parents drop you off there. And I did five straight days of push-ups. I marched from everything to everything else. And there was like one 30-minute motorcycle ride and one firearms demonstration. The rest was push-ups and cleaning the mess hall. Oh crap! Wow. We've camp. We've so I assume this is similar. I assume they offer these women motorcycle rides and firearm demonstrations, <laughs> and when they get there, and what once they're in, you know, to a certain level where it's you know where they've convinced them that this is this is their way to reach their full potential. This is the way to reach the next level, and that you know they're able to successfully isolate them and and get, have gained access to their assets and and their you know, isolated them from their outside contacts. Then, then they're like, well, that wall outside's not going to build itself. Also, <laughs> nah, it's too many pants. Get rid of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm always curious with these, with these people who run these kind of things. Like, is there a playbook somewhere on how to do this properly? Or are these people just so good at it, they just know when to spring the crazy shit on someone that they just won't leave? Like, if it were me running this, I'd be like, how long can I fake this before I spring the, you know, they have to have sex with me shit, you know, and me branding them like, like, I would never know what the point was, where they were like, totally hook, line and sinker. Well, consider personality types. Um, There are some people that are natural born, really good leaders. I mean, I think Obama was a natural born leader and a good human being. And I think Trump is also a natural born leader and a horrible person. So you can have really good leadership skills. And the ability to manipulate people and make them think what you want them to think and be evil. I think just that the, these people are more creative with their evilness. <laughs> I think there's a right, susceptibility it, level as well, though, that needs to be yes. in place. Yeah, honestly, Jared, I think it would either be to personally involve yourself in some sort of cult that has a, a similar structure so that you can, you know, experience it and attempt to mirror it on your own. You know, or, you know, if you don't want to, you know, risk yourself like that, if you think, you know, you're, you're, you won't know that you'll, if you're worried, you'll get sucked in. You well, know, I, I, about I think, that. I think all these other things that we're referencing, you know, are the playbook. Mm. I think you can look at something as, you know, potentially silly as like, you know, movies or, you know, as serious as like Scientology, you know, study up on that and find out, you know, when in the process they drop Xenu on you because, <laughs> you know, well, then you, you, they've. You know, that that they're so invested in what you've already told them 
that something as ridiculous as that can't be a deal breaker, you might as well brand their pubes at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. But like when I hear about Scientology, like at the beginnings of it, when they would just go out on his boat, you know, and they would Mm -hmm. go out there and then like he was throwing people off the side of the boat. Like, I would just be like, nah, this is fucking crazy. Okay, I'm going to fake this, and as soon as I get off this boat, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. Mm. The the problem usually was that by the time that you saw that happening, you were too deep in. You had nowhere to go. You had no money. You were living on the street if you left. Yeah. I mean, I just just want to know if it's an innate ability or is it something that, like, you have to teach yourself how to do. A little from column A, a little from column B. Not that I'm thinking of starting a cult. (laughs) Right. But I always like a backup plan. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Keep keep Nexium in mind because it could go either way. Like Elron Hubbard was an exceptional case. Mm. Most cult leaders don't retire of old age. Very that true. is true. They don't they don't kick back and enjoy the good life because they were so successful. Most cult leaders have the ATF kicking down their door. <laughs> but they usually get a good solid five years or so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not I'm not going to cheat you out of a out of a strong eight to ten year run. <laughs> good luck. Let us know how it goes. (laughs) So, all right. I am going to try and hit the news now and and get through some of them. This one we totally missed. I don't know. I I don't know. I didn't get on the newsletter, I guess. Uh, The Rapture, again, it's all the books. Uh, Unfortunately, it's it's already passed. It was April 23rd. I thought we did talk about it. We did? I read about it. You might have read about it. I don't think we talked about it. I didn't hear this. Did well, they like, mess up the math again? Or yeah. what was it? Yeah, mess up the math oh, again. I, I haven't I haven't heard what the excuse is this time. But uh, same as last time, David uh, David Mead, numerologist. It's the same guy that had the, the, the Planet X, Nibiru, that was going to, you know, cross paths with Earth. And I, I don't know. But he had come up with April 23rd, according to uh, Revelations 12, uh, one and two, he had figured out that April 23rd was the date that the, the moon appears under the feet of Constellation Virgo, and that was it. That was going to be, uh, yeah, nothing happened. So, no. yet again, I don't, this is, it works well into the whole cult scenario. How does this guy have followers? Like, after you predict <laughs> the end of the and, world, and they're so probably many times. more into him now than ever, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Because <laughs> he's going to come out and say, oh, well, here's why I didn't have the numbers right. And, you know, ne- it's next April or, you know, whatever. And, and okay. people will still believe him. If you want your updates, you can go to nibirutoday.com. I'm a little <laughs> terrified. <laughs> I don't think I want to. But there's a whole website dedicated, so. Yeah. So, in any case, I thought that was humorous. So, on to some different state news. Uh, Karen found this. It's actually on uh, the Friendly Atheist website. This is uh, amazing. Uh, In Michigan, at the prom, if you come in, uh, if you're a female and you come to prom wearing something that's a little bit too revealing, you will be handed a shoulder condom to wear. Uh, They are calling them modesty ponchos. They are pink ponchos that go over your shoulder to cover any sort of exposure of cleavage. Yeah. There's no defined rules as to what can be covered and not covered. They're just going to, you know, call it by ear as you walk in. So the the, the busty girl who has no option but to show some skin because it's hard to contain it, she's going to get a modesty poncho, a pink, fluffy modesty poncho. So that you, you men won't be tempted to do something. Well, we can't control ourselves, you know. I know. That's, yeah. Uh, so we well have to known. be responsible for your reaction, right? Right. 
And this is why a not Catholic. just a full-on burqa. <laughs> this is a Catholic school, right? It is. It is a Catholic okay. school. Uh, there is no legal standing that says that they can't right. do this. <laughs> I'm with Jared, and why not? They might as well go nuts if they're dishing out modesty ponchos. <laughs> you know, throw a modesty poncho over the chest of the busty girl. Throw a modesty poncho over the face of the uggo. I mean, just <laughs> just grind these students' self-esteem into the ground. Right. Be well, like, wrap this around your mouth, Bucky. No one wants to see those teeth. <laughs> or why not just ban them all together? Be like, now you can't even come. Right. And you, you can't until you're engaged. Then you can go to the prom. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the last line of this article. It says, no one's saying the school doesn't have a right to do this, but the rest of us have every right to mock administrators for their inability to let girls dress themselves. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Over in California... We had, where was it, Chicago? I think it was Chicago was the last one. There was a, a guy who was an openly white supremacist running for right. uh, office mm. in Chicago. Uh, yeah, he was going to get the nomination because there was no one opposing him, I think. Well, there was, yeah, in the Republican Party, yeah. Right. So there's another one. This guy is going after the, oh, I've lost her name, Diane Feinstein. Feinstein? <laughs> it's Diane Feinstein's seat in California. And I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think he's getting that seat. But again, this is a guy on the Republican ticket, and he is absolutely trying to get in office. He, his Twitter account was uh, suspended because he was trying to debate whether or not the Holocaust happened. And, and he asserted at one point that no man in history saved more Jewish lives than Adolf Hitler. <gasps> oh, God. Yeah. This guy's running for Senate. Wow. Well, thank God he's running in California. Because <laughs> he ain't going to win. Yeah, no. he will not win. I, there are very few states where he would win, if any. Now, I, I, all that being said. No, wait a minute. Have they have they endorsed him yet, though? Have they, like. No. Oh, okay. No, the, the, the Republican Party has not. And I'm pretty sure in the same way in Chicago, they're like, oh, come on. Somebody else got to run, right? <laughs> but Feinstein is uh, polling at 39% overall. And he, this guy, is polling at 18%. The third person is polling at 8%. And they, the third person, by the way, is another Republican. <laughs> he's, he's 10 points lower than the Nazi? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he is a... That guy needs to rethink his career. That's a bummer. <laughs> he's a real estate developer. Yeah. And he has a millionaire. He has 8% of the of the polling. So <laughs> that That's ah. overall in the whole state or within the Republican Party he's... He's running. That is, that is uh, my understanding from this poll. I'm trying to check real quick. Is that that is overall? It is in in they entirety. Have... It's eight percent. He has eight percent. Right. This guy has eighteen percent, and Feinstein has thirty nine. Wow, Allison Hartson nowhere near on that poll, huh? I thought she was out raising Feinstein. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's a different. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I don't see her name anywhere. So, oh, you know what? Because she's probably not running as I think. I don't know if she's running as a Democrat. Well, California is an open primary system, so everybody just—it's the top two vote getters qualify right. for the general election. It could be two Democrats, it could be two Republicans, it could be two independents. But part of this article I thought was interesting was uh, Christopher Cantwell. He's the guy that was uh, on Vice. He—they're buddies. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. I mean, Cantwell was the one of the other leaders of the whole Charlottesville nonsense, so that makes sense. And it's not in this article, and again, this article is on Vice. Hmm. This uh, 
Paul Paul Nalen wrote a white uh, he's a, a white supremacist. He's running as a Republican for for the Speaker Paul Ryan's congressional seat in Wisconsin. There's a guy, a Holocaust denier and former neo-Nazi, who's running in Illinois that we mentioned. Sean Donahue, who is fighting for white rights, uh, he's putting up a bid for GOP Republican uh, Lou Barletta's seat in Pennsylvania. This is not a one-off or a two-off. There are neo-Nazi white supremacists running for seats all over the country. Mm. I tried to warn my mother today. I said, you know, you know, they're talking about Muslims. They're talking about immigrants. I go, it's mm. going to be Jews soon. Yes, right? it will. And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, it is. Just be ready to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If these, I don't think many of these people have a chance. But even if no. one of them has a chance. It's dangerous enough. Just the fact that they're openly running is dangerous enough. Yeah, the fact that they think they might have a chance. Yeah. Mm. Does this mean that Republicans are feeling marginalized and they don't have a safe space to meet <laughs> and they feel alienated by their families and are drifting far too far to the, the alt-right? I, I think they're certainly drifting too far to the alt-right, <laughs> uh, given their party leader. Yeah. Yeah, he aspires Sign to Sign me up form. for a Vice article. Yeah. <laughs> He aspires to form a government free from Jews. So, yeah, he's right out there saying it. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, over in Tennessee, there are lawmakers in Tennessee who want to recognize Almighty God in the state constitution. They want to change the constitution at one line to say that liberties do not come from the government, but from Almighty God. <laughs> <sighs> and it's Tennessee, so. Oh, it's passive. Yeah. Probably. This one's done. <laughs> it's not there yet, but uh, yeah, who's going to stop it? Well, hopefully the ACLU. But oh, we did—we haven't talked about the um, Southern Poverty Law Center. No. After listening to that podcast, that—that's true. We might—we might get yeah. it on the list here. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna have to have a chit chat about them at some point. Um, another one over in Oklahoma. Yes, Oklahoma. Uh, another bill to allow the Ten Commandments monuments uh, passed in the state Senate in. Oklahoma. So again, I don't want to dwell on this. We talk about it a lot, but this is just another state where they're trying to get that sort of thing passed. Um, it's becoming a normal, regular occurrence. Uh, also in Louisiana, there's a, they're trying to pass a prayer in school bill in a different way. They're trying to get it so uh, if a parent signs a permission slip that uh, could allow teachers and coaches to pray with their their students. I don't know what the people don't get. The idea that if the coach prays with some of the kids and they're all the same religion, that apparently it doesn't click, that alienates everyone else who's on the team. Um, I, I don't know why that doesn't click with people. I don't know why you don't understand that this isn't a, a attack on your religion. It's it's you excluding people. The, the, yeah, but didn't you see this note I have? My dad said it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> So the senator there is saying our approach is different and it should work. <laughs> wow. It's exhausting uh, some days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. White rights, baby. <laughs> so uh, other than that, in the different states, I have three people running for governor that I wanted to mention. In Alabama, there's a guy running for governor that says the ark was built just by amateurs and that the Titanic was built by professionals and look at the results. So obviously you want an amateur in government because I'm an amateur and you should vote for me. Oh my goodness. That makes that perfect sense. Perfect sense. 
uh, possibly the worst metaphor I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's up there, definitely. Because <laughs> we have all that overwhelming proof that the, there was an actual fucking arc, right? It, they they periodically go and look for it. Still. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Ken Ham's. I'm talking about the real one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, well, at one point they said that they found it. What was it? in a, On a mountain in Turkey, I think? Yeah. They said that they had found it and then actual archaeologists showed up and they went, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wood. Yeah. <laughs> Over in... Georgia, there's a guy running. He is ex-military, 40-year-old, and has no problem saying that I will fight to protect our Christian values and defend the Second Amendment. Oh, and also eliminate state income tax altogether. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Lofty goals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Does he have an alternate method of um, paying the bills in the government? Not uh, not that he mentioned. What is it? Okay. Uh, Alaska doesn't have income tax because they've got oil, I think it is. Right. Well, if you have another source of income for your state. Yeah, sure. Then, then, then that's fine. But you, what, you, what you got? <laughs> Did he poll all his constituents to make sure that all of them were absolutely Christian, every single last one of them? Well, if you're, if you're, if you're not Christian, you still have to pay taxes. <laughs> oh. Well, I know he was fighting for Christian rights, right? Right. Yeah. So I just I- want to make sure everybody was Christian. Be be sure. I am absolutely positive that he would be perfectly okay with if you're not Christian, you you still have to pay taxes. If you're Christian, you don't. Hmm. I'm what sure about my Muslim right? In another country, dude. Not this country. Oh, and, and as an as an atheist, I'm just a shitty Christian, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And if you're you, misinformed, if you look at this guy's website on his, on the part of the website that has his policy section, it's entitled "I believe." That's his policy. No. Oh. So there you go. That's a good. Uh, that's a good guy to have on your in your government. And over in Idaho, there's a guy running for. Well, there's a, he's he's currently a congressman, so he's already in office, uh, and he is going to be running for uh, the the governorship. He is all about faith healing parents. He believes that uh, religious liberty should should trump everything. He believes in freedom. He would not interfere with the parents' right to make a decision like that. I believe that they have to decide. So faith healers who don't want to take their kids to the hospital and just let them die at home, he is right there with you. Thanks, Rawl Labrador. Oh, I hope he wins. (laughs) You just want to see Idaho spiral? Is that? Yep. You know me. Let them burn. If they want to burn, let them burn. (laughs) <laughs> oh, those kids died. It's less faith healers that'll be growing up later. Classic movement atheism, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm taking, all I'm you want to do is watch the world burn. I'm taking my moves now from Thanos <laughs> in Infinity War. <laughs> Real quickly while you're talking about did you see the other guy running for governor of Georgia who has his <laughs> daughter's boyfriend sitting in the commercial with him? No. <laughs> that just seems odd. So he's sitting there with a shotgun in his hand. Uncocked or I don't know what do you call it, Ray? When the shotgun's like broken in half, it looks like oh, broke, yeah, broke open, yeah. He's got like a double broke barrel okay. shotgun, yeah. And uh, he, you know, he's talking about I'm, I'll do whatever Trump wants to do, and blah blah blah. And he goes, and he has the kid who wants to date his daughter say all his policies. So it's like you know, religious rights or whatever the fuck. And then at the end, the kid goes, and and the guy goes, and what's the last one, Johnny? And he's like, a healthy respect for the Second Amendment. And the guy cocks the fucking shotgun back, literally pointing it at the kid. He's like, that's right. 
I will fight for that or whatever. And then it shows a picture of his daughter in like a frame. <laughs> wow. What is going on in this fucking country? <laughs> what is going on in parts of this country? Parts of it are perfectly normal and rational for the most part. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of crazy at the moment. Well, I think I think they're just riding this wave. They're they're hoping to mm. ride the backlash wave from from the kids who are trying to get gun control. There's a whole lot of backlash, and they think that uh, they can ride that and get enough votes to get into office or stay in office. That would be my theory. But I like what the, I don't remember exactly what the kids said, but um, he's like, "We're a lot younger than you. We're going to outlive you. We'll fix this. If we can't fix it right now, we'll fix it when you're dead." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but you got all these kids being raised as well in that that kind of uh, that kind of you know household. So I, I don't know. Well, well but again, they're also raised raised in the age of internet. So yeah, I have hope. True. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to uh, a few international news things. This isn't just happening in, in the U.S. In Bavaria, there was uh, Marcus Soder, Soder. I don't know how you pronounce it with the umlauts above it. So, you know. Soder, probably. Soder. That seems mm. likely. He just helped push through a law. He is the minister president of the state of Bavaria. Uh, he pushed through a law that requires government offices anywhere that his cabinet has jurisdiction. They are required to display crosses on the entrance halls. And he says that they are not religious. This is <laughs> yes, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask if they were secular crosses or Christian. They crosses. are of a cultural nature. It's not about religious dominance. Is there a dude hanging on it, or is it just a cross? I believe it's just a cross. The one he's holding in the picture is just a cross. He says that it's a clear commitment to our Bavarian identity and Christian values. Oh wait, he's, he said Christian values. He gave up. Oopsie. The, the argument right there. <laughs> What is a Christian? Oh, so he's Christian conservative minister president of the state of Bavaria. Is that the president of Bavaria that's also a Christian conservative minister? Or is this a different position, the minister president? You know what I mean? Well, the the minister president, I believe, and I don't know German politics, but I believe that that's equivalent to the governor because Bavaria is the state in southern Germany. So I think the minister president is the guy in charge of the state. Why would he be called a minister president, though? Well, for the same reason that, like, in the UK, you have a prime minister and you have ministers of this and minister of that. Oh, m different word, meaning of the word minister. Okay, yeah, I'm on that board. Does, it doesn't necessarily mean religious. Although in a lot of governments, religion and, and politics are very intermingled. So True. I don't know if that's... I don't know specifically if that's the case in Germany, but Bavaria specifically is a highly religious state. Mm. And then he actually told the story of this this cross that he's holding. It was a uh, personal gift from Cardinal Frederick Wetter. He said proudly that it had been officially consecrated by his eminence. Uh, yeah, I thought you said it wasn't religious in nature. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just a symbol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, over in Malaysia, this is a, a, a first that I've heard. Malaysian court has, well, first, they put in a uh, law in Malaysia against fake news. You can't 
publish fake news or you get uh, you get fined or sent to jail. A guy posted on a social media site that he had called police and they took 50 minutes to respond. And the police says, no, it only took us eight minutes. Therefore, he has been charged with fake news and uh, cited with a, for a fine of 10,000 ringgit, which is equivalent to like $2,500. And he didn't have the money, so he's opting to spend one month in jail because he posted something uh, negative about the uh, the police. Well, I thought this was going to be a good story. Yeah. And it turned out not to not be. Not in any right. way. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, you're right. It's. I was thinking it started out, and I was like, oh, dope. And then it ended, and I was like, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Malaysia's more progressive than us? Oh, no, they're way worse. <laughs> yeah, it's fake news the way that Trump defines it. It's fake news as mm-hmm. in, if you say anything bad about the government, uh, we're going to put you in jail. Wow. So, yay, <laughs> go Malaysia. There is definitely a, a tidal wave of hypernationalism and government control sweeping the world at the moment. Not everywhere, but in a number of countries, Malaysia included. So Yeah. Uh, and this one I, I had to bring up. George Pell, yeah. Cardinal George Pell in Australia, has been charged. He's going to go on trial for ab- uh, child abuse charges. Now, apparently there are multiple charges. The one article that I looked at only really detailed about one accuser from 1961-62. But apparently there are multiple charges. I couldn't really find all the details. Maybe maybe they're not all out yet. I, I just don't know. But um, it's getting serious. No, yeah, it's going back to the 1970s through the 1990s. Multiple people. But yeah, not, no, not much detail in place, but mainly because of privacy concerns. Sure. So there was one case that was cited that did have a little bit of detail. He, it was, uh, I believe the kid was like 12 at the time and the cardinal was like 20. Uh, this was back in the 60s, and it was at a religious camp, and he stuck his hand down the kid's pants and then tried to get the kid's hand down his pants, and there's a whole lot of details on there. So standard fare. Yeah. Standard fare from <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's going to have to go to trial, and this is very important because he's, what, the third highest Catholic yep. in, in the church, and the Pope... The Pope came out and said, I'm not going to comment on this. I'm going to let uh, justice take its course, and I will comment afterwards. Yeah, the Holy Father granted Cardinal Pell a leave of absence so he could defend himself from the accusation. The leave of absence is still in place. So they're staying very neutral on this. If he lived in America, he could run for Senate. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's a huge case. I mean, this guy is uber powerful. And it's probably why it took so long for it to come to the courts. I mean, the you know, Me Too movement or whatever. But yeah, it sounds it, it sounds like another one of the highly placed. What was it in Chile too? There was a, a case that the the Pope actually backed him up. So I think this Pope is better than previous Popes, but he's got to get a handle on this. This is still out of control. Yeah, and I'm tempted to just believe the accusers because one, yeah. you know, it's a Catholic Church, uh, and it's mm. just precedence is there. Uh, but that that's flimsy. But uh, two, because uh, there was a I don't know if you've seen it, but Richard Dawkins was in a debate and Pell was on the panel. This guy is just condescending. He's d- dismissive. He's a, just a dick. So <laughs> I I think I saw that one. <laughs> I, I didn't like him in any way. Every every time he went to make a point, it was basically like, well, you're a heathen and nothing you say has any meaning. Like he was just <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but it was really it was really dismissive. And I really 
really did not like this guy. And what is what is the benefit to these people that are accusing him? What are they going to get out of this? Right, because the ones the one story I read from like the sixties, the the guy was like, "I'm not sinking anything." A compensation, no. like I first went to my pastor, nothing happened. So I went to uh, the local diocese. I, you know, he was just wanting it to stop. He wasn't even going to the police. So yeah, what what is he getting out of this? He's not getting anything out of this. No, justice. That's it. Right. If he's very lucky, dude. This guy is seventy six years old at this point. I mean, I don't know what justice, what form of justice can there be to somebody that's lived a life like that? Yeah. And, you know, I think that the the best you can probably hope for is that he will, his legacy is no longer going to be the third most powerful Christian in in the world, and it will be as a convicted pedophile. That's as good as it gets. I don't know. They'll take a show off of Nick and Knight. Oh, wait, that's Cosby. <laughs> yeah, Cosby. His fame will, he will no longer be famous for the good things he thinks he did in the world, but only for the evil that he did. And for these people, legacy is very important. So that will hurt him. All right. National news. I just want to mention this real quick. There is now a free thought caucus. Now, I don't know what that really means. I don't know what the caucus can do. I don't know what their power is. I should probably do a little research, but I didn't have time. But uh, <laughs> Representative Jared Huffman, a Democrat from California, has uh, he is the first established the first ever congressional free thought caucus. They are into promoting public policy based on reason, science, and moral values, protecting the secular character of government, opposing discrimination against atheists, agnostic, humanist seekers, and the non-religious. I would extend that to everyone, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and providing a forum for Congress, uh, members of Congress to discuss values and personal religious journeys. So it also, along with several representatives, Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland, uh, Dan Kildee, Democrat from Michigan, and Jerry McNerney, a, another Democrat from California. So this has multiple people backing it. I, I think it is is a very good very good thing. Anytime you get some secular people involved in government joining together to, to to achieve goals, I think is a good thing. I just don't know what the caucus, like what it entails. Yeah, I don't know how, if they're, you know, where they are, where they fall on the club to, you know, investigative committee. Where on the spectrum do they fall? I'm not sure. Right. But it is a counter for the prayer caucus, which is a religious <laughs> yeah, caucus that is already existing. So it's my favorite caucus. <laughs> I, just as a way for you know, lawmakers to actually get together and discuss and come up with you know new ideas and to, and to share thoughts. Sure. It's important. Uh, on with other national news. I don't know if anybody wants to, if you want to talk about the uh, Michelle Wolf, the correspondence dinner. Well, we might need another 20 minutes. Yeah, so. I know. I know. <laughs> We're running too long for to really go over. Might want to wait for next week. <laughs> uh, all I guess all that I would really say is um, she had some really good jokes. She had some mediocre jokes. And uh, I think she did a good job. And like she said during uh, during her presentation, during her, you know, whatever, her joke spiel, she said, if you weren't expecting this, maybe you should do some research before hiring me. <laughs> Everybody in this situation needs to sack up. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, the Republicans need to get like the hypocrisy is amazing. Yeah. They backed Roy Moore. Right. All right. Do I need to say anything more than the fact that they got behind Roy Moore and they're bitching about her? Yeah. And supposedly because she said 
awful shit about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' looks, which she really didn't. No, she didn't. Had, she had smoky eyes. Well, they alluded that she looked like Aunt Lydia from, what's that Handmaid's show on Tale. Handmaid's Yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Which, so then everyone's like, so what do you say? The actress that plays her is ugly? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like a whole twisted around thing. Like, that's crazy. And then the actual Democrats that are backing down? Yeah. You mm-hmm. are a bunch of fucking pussies. God damn it. Why do they give Trump more ammunition on things like this? Yeah. You know, they all come out and say, oh, it was filthy and disgusting. And then the, the, the Democrats go, yeah, it was. It, we're, we need to rethink everything here. <laughs> Those fuckers should have been like, no, she did fine. She should have went harder. <laughs> you backed Roy Moore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not just Black Roy Moore, but you don't have any problem with anything that the president says. You have no right. issue with the crash shit that comes out of his mouth. But right. if you say something, and his shit isn't in humor, he's not saying it to make a joke. No. I mean, she was telling jokes. And while I think the, the whole smoky eye joke didn't really work as a joke, it was kind of in, not incoherent, but it didn't really gel as a joke. I don't think it was that funny. But it wasn't intended to be mean. That's not what it was. You had to explain the joke, which is, you know, not a good sign of a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, because I did not get it at first. I didn't know what a smoky eye was. Right. So I was like, you know, but then I got, but either way, I wasn't like, so what? Make fun of her looks. I don't care. These people are awful. Yeah, she gets up for a living and lies to the American people. So I I really don't care if you make fun of her. Right. I mean, they are calling this a win for Trump. They will call anything a win for Trump. It doesn't matter what it is. He could shit his pants on the way to the Oval Office. And, oh, that's a win for Trump. Doesn't make it. No, no, no. I'm not saying the Republicans <laughs> are saying that. I'm saying like the media and Democrats are saying, oh, we fucked up. This is a win for Trump. Well, that's because, because- she, she poked them in the eye, too. She told them that they were responsible for Trump. They were responsible and they were profiting off of him. And well, they're regardless, they're it, it's more or less the fact that they're like. Oh, she does have a potty mouth. We're sorry. We were wrong. <laughs> we're better people than that. No, fucker, own up to it. Be like, yeah, we hired her. She was great. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Trump once uh, tweeted out that Joe Scarborough might have murdered somebody one time, <laughs> and that and that Mika Brzezinski got a bad uh, facelift and was bleeding out of her face. Right. And she makes a joke about Kellyanne Conway being stuck under a tree, and, like, the whole place is going up in fucking flames. Right, and she specifically <laughs> said, not that she gets hurt under the tree, just that she's stuck there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh funny. my god, what a, I can't think of a worse way to bungle this, man. Mm-hmm. This, this is why I'm done with Democrats, man. <laughs> Progressive all the way, baby. <laughs> Bullshit. All right, like we said, we could be on this for a long time, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just move on. The other thing that uh, just recently came out, uh, <laughs> this, uh, sorry, I pulled up his picture. It makes me laugh every time. Harold uh, <laughs> Bornstein, who was Trump's personal doctor, he says that his office was raided by the Trump employees who took Trump's uh, medical records. First, he called he called the break into his office. He, and he called it a raid on his office. And then he said that he felt raped afterwards. What? Yeah. yeah. You, you need to calm down. Now that's irresponsible. Yeah, you need to yeah. calm down with the hyperbole. You're going way too far here, buddy. <laughs> so apparently this happened, what, two days, we said? Yeah. After he came out and said that he had prescribed Trump the, uh, the hair growth Propecia. Yeah, Propecia, yes, Propecia, the hair growth medication. Apparently, Trump didn't like that and sent thugs to uh, retrieve his <laughs> medical records. 
so that he couldn't prove anything. But then right before we started recording, he came out and said that, oh, yeah, by the way, that that letter that I wrote about Trump's health when he was running for office. Yeah, Trump wrote that and made me sign it. Right. Oh, so you're a fucking liar for money, too. What a surprise. (laughs) I mean, this Bornstein guy, he's. Out of his mind. I mean, he's he's a kook, totally. He, he was Trump's uh, doctor for 25 years. <laughs> well, I saw the interview with him and he was like, look, he goes, it was very disturbing. They were here for 30 minutes, you know, rummaging through shit. He's like, this has never happened before. He goes, but I think he was more making a plea to Trump. He's like, I've been a good servant. Mm. I've never talked to anybody about anything for 20 years. I made sure everything was under lock and key. I mean, what's the big deal if the guy uses Propecia? It's not a big deal. Because <laughs> I think he might have thought he was up for the VA secretary job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, uh, he did. And he didn't get it. Was he? Well, I think – no, I think he, he still <laughs> – I was making a joke. No, I think uh, Bornstein thought that he was going to be the personal physician to the president. He thought he was going to get that job. Oh. But now this, all this stuff came out about what's his name that didn't get the VA job. And he's like, ha time to strike. So the ship has sailed. So now he's like coming clean. Yeah, I right. think so. I, li- I like the White House's response. Uh, going in and raiding a guy's doctor's office is standard fare yeah, yeah. in politics. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Well, they sent they sent Schiller and some thug over to take um you know hard copy records of of Trump's medical records. That is not normal. No, and it's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's right out of the Nixon playbook. Come on, it's standard fare. Well, the thing that that makes me so happy is that all of this is due to the fact that Trump was embarrassed because the entire country found out that he uses Propecia. That makes me happy. <laughs> How is this not illegal, though? It is. It is illegal. So why is he not, like, pressing charges? Because he broke the law, actually. What? Well, he wasn't supposed I, to release the records to Schiller and some thug. Well, according to his story, he didn't release the records. They were taken from him. Yeah, he... They, well, I, he's he did not go so far as... He went so far as to say he was scared. He doesn't go so far as to say that he couldn't stop them. And that is where the break point would be. Because That's true. If He, he should have immediately got on the phone and called the police absolutely. or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, he was probably on his hands and he's, no, master, tell him I'm a good boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that he let the, he let the records fall into the hands of somebody that did not have a HIPAA release from the president of the United States. He broke the law functionally. And he just told everybody that he broke the law. Yeah. Now, could he have stopped them? Meh. Well, Hard to tell. and even if he didn't stop them, if he would have immediately called the police, then he yes. wouldn't be breaking the law. He would be reporting it immediately. A crime. He'd be reporting a crime. Right. Yeah. But as it is, since he still – Trump was a patient. He doesn't have medical records. He's breaking New York state law. Right. If you're a physician, you have to, you have to retain records of your patients. Right. So the, the proper – what should have happened is that um, Ronnie Jackson should have called over to his office and requested a copy of all the records. They would make a copy and ship them over to him. But yeah, he should have kept a copy. He's required to. So the whole thing is nonsense. Oh, the, and the best part is while they were there, Schiller and the thug said, oh, that picture of you and Trump on the wall, you have to take that down. Never show it again. <laughs> oh, he's in the doghouse now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he hasn't put it back up. He had it uh, under a stack of papers. <laughs> yes, master. I do what master says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then again, Unbelievable. why do you want to have a picture of you and Trump on your wall after this happens? After Probably all, the only reason he gets any people coming to him. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Would you go to that doctor if you looked at him? No. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is just right, so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happens to the next guy who, who leaks that, that Trump has a 
Cialis prescription. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's in a world of hurt. Oh, man. I know we got to go soon. We didn't even get to talk about the Fox and Friends 30-minute no, interview. Oh my God. I didn't. <laughs> but the last thing that I have, actually, is uh, the, the Mueller's Crest questions that got leaked from the White House. Uh, which I didn't understand White at first. House. Yeah, I, I didn't understand at first. I'm like, how did these get leaked? Mueller's team doesn't leak anything. How did this stuff no. get up? And as it turns out, it wasn't leaked from there. It was leaked from the White House. It was questions that Trump's attorneys had surmised that they thought that that, that would be asked, and somebody in the White House leaked it. And there's there's an article on the on the Hill that talks about the the grammatical errors. <laughs> and, <laughs> did, did you notice the terrible grammar? I guarantee it was the White yeah. House. <laughs> well, it's no, not surprise. Our own president doesn't know how to spell counsel. Right? No. <laughs> this is true. But they say that the questions came from Trump himself. Now, if you read these questions, I, I don't believe that. I don't think that Trump... I've read Trump tweets. I don't think that these were Trump's notes. I think that these were notes from... That the lawyers took quickly. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't legal ease or anything. It was just they took these notes and that it was leaked. This this article says basically that with all the grammatical errors, it proves that it it came from Trump himself. And no, I, no. I don't well, believe it, that. You have to follow. I mean, they've been trying to get uh, Mueller's been trying to get an interview with the Trump with Trump for months and months and months now. So you know that the lawyers for Trump have been putting together this list of questions. Right. It's on Dropbox somewhere. So he had it available. <laughs> they've been editing it over time and adding questions and removing questions. This is not something they've come up with in the last couple of days. This has been, you know, a, a curated list of things, partially to scare Trump to not talk to Mueller because they're all open-ended questions. And that is completely purposeful, I think, on Mueller's part. He's going to just ask an open-ended question like those poor Fox News uh, the Fox and Friends people did, and he's just going to vomit data for a half an hour. So, so wait, I'm confused. I had heard, I thought that the questions actually did come from Mueller. No, that he had sent them over, and they wanted to go over them. Um, they, so, like you know, the lawyers or, have said that they would not be in that form. So it's probably based oh. on conversations and things that he said he okay. was going to ask, but nothing. So, like in you said, they they surmise and came up with like a practice, right? Thing. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm sure he failed every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the Fox and Friends, you know, that was a, a practice run. <laughs> Tell us about what you're thinking for a half an hour. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, but they were trying to stop him. They were trying to help yeah. him, and he yeah. kept digging. Yep. <laughs> he brought his own shovel and everything. <laughs> I mean, that is the person that will go in front of Mueller. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a well-known fact that when uh, – Trump get deposed, he tends to forget a lot of things. Mm. Well, you follow like the when sessions. they asked him when they asked him like, "Do you remember saying you had the best memory of all time?" <laughs> and he was like, "I don't remember saying that." <laughs> Could we play you? That's the true. Video? That is true. <laughs> and I don't honestly think that he does remember. I think most of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is just stream of consciousness. There's no thought to it. <laughs> well, Kanye's backing him, so I guess I have to now too. <laughs> That's one person I'm not tempted to follow. <laughs> Seriously, that narcissistic turd needs to just <laughs> shut his mouth. Stop with the publicity stunts. <laughs> yeah, it is such an obvious publicity stunt to be backing <laughs> Trump. It really oh is. God. <laughs> but again, it's more people giving that fucker ammunition. Yeah. Like, thanks a lot, Conway. Or Conway. <laughs> Kanye. Because now all my friends on Facebook are like, see, Kanye's into him. Trump doesn't hate black people. <laughs> no, that's President Bush. <laughs> 
No, Kanye. And this Candace just... Owens. Have you? Have you? I've been seeing her popping up a lot. Have you seen her? Who? Who? She's another one who sold her soul to conservatives to talk about how much black people are awful because, and she can say this because she's black. Who is this? Who? who? Who is this? Her name is Candace Owens. You'll probably be seeing her. I'm sure she'll have a show on NRA TV sooner <laughs> or conservative TV. But she keeps popping up in. They keep quoting her. They keep showing videos of her. And is she a musician as well? No, she's just a spokesperson for conservatives oh. that just <laughs> happens to be black and talk about how shitty black people are. Oh, right she's on. the one that we just saw on TV today saying that the um, the police did not disproportionately shoot black people. Yes, <laughs> okay. I believe that is one of her famous quotes. Okay. And because she's black, it must be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facts be damned. <laughs> I hate I hate everything. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> hey, you get to come on here and rant. Doesn't that make you feel better? Yeah. <laughs> For a little All bit. Right. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Anyone? Not me. I think I'm good. Keeping it in this week. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's all we've got for this week. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can support it by sharing the podcast on social media, or you could leave a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen. If you want to contact us, again, you can contact us on facebook.com slash profanearg, or you can tweet to us at profanearg. Also, please uh, please check out other shows on the Soon To Be Named Network. You can find it on soontobenamednetwork.com. Uh, shows devoted to all sorts of pop culture and uh, other issues. Take a listen. A lot of shows on there that uh, might pique your interest. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night, and may your God go with you.